1: the main
2: event Mark. i'm your first host lifelong wrestling fan former radio guy and cat dad troy and with me as always is the wwe walking wrestling encyclopedia and the main event collector he is the hulkster to my mean gene he is greg what's up greg brother you're supposed to say well let me tell you something troy
3: <laughs> <laughs> i could have but i want to be predictable yeah also, oh, for, we only went off this because of height reasons right i mean some since- Sure.
2: Yeah, well, because, you know, you got that, uh, you know, that epic Hulk Hogan-like tan just naturally because, you, you know, you're half well, Mexican.
3: Most, most of me. Yeah, right.
2: But anyway, man, we are doing a companion piece to the one of our previous podcasts. It was Survivor Series 1991. This one took place six days later, just crossing over into December. And uh, we're not going to cover the news for this one because i mean we've you know, covered basically Again, all the big it's stories a
3: companion piece. go listen to the pod and then this there you go
2: yeah right and this show was only an hour and a half long so there was only a handful of matches only two of them mattered so
3: whoa 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 there's oh, another one on here i'll, I'll correct you when we get to it
2: okay well i'm sorry the opener just blew the doors off the place but <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute but we're not gonna I'm take
3: also, any- I'm not going to be. I'm going to be honest. I, I I think this was probably a a tape night too for like prime time wrestling and all of the other stuff. I don't um, think. Yeah, I'm gonna have debuted yet, so yeah, prime yeah. time and all that stuff. It was probably a tape night, so it's probably yeah, why it's it just so short.
2: There <laughs> was a a whole host of dark matches before this. I don't think because I had, I had heard uh, Conrad Thompson talk about it. I don't think they recorded any of them. Which you know, there were a couple of them where you're like. Why was this not on tape? But we'll we'll get to it. Uh, we're not gonna ta- to
3: on tape.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Shut up. Uh, uh, you start. Ta- I know. But the podcast itself, if you want to listen to that, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio and wherever you get podcasts. And of course, on YouTube. So give uh, give us some support that way. And Twitter and Instagram. We are at main event underscore marks and at main event collector on Instagram only. That uh, Instagram account is run by Greg and it's the show as well as pictures of figs and fig discussion and stuff like that, be it wrestling or other figures out there. That's why he's the main event collector.
3: And uh, you don't even need your parents' permission, kids, because we keep it PG.
2: Exactly. And on Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash main Event Marks Podcast. So plenty of stuff on there as well. We are growing our Facebook every single day, believe it or not. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day at the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Spring and summer are just around the corner, so you know when you're out golfing and the sun's beating down and you just want to take your shirt off because of the heat? Well, these polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. That's great for beating the heat, because I don't know about you, but even here in the Midwest, our summers get blazing hot, so you don't want to give up your golfing time because it's just a little too warm outside. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. Follow the Main Event Marks
0: at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
2: Get ready to rumble! dot redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event
1: marks by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks sit down jr it's just me kyle sullivan aka shaggy von doom your host of here in Puckburg on the hockey podcast network i know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle Somewhere between the Nexus, and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But, I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckberg, wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's gotta go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore, Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh, yeah. The main event marks
2: are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. <laughs> if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee coffee brand coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world they've got bagged coffee as well as k-cups not into coffee well they've got great teas and cocos as well at coffee brand coffee their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles Click on the link in the podcast description or go to CoffeeBrandCoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's CoffeeBrandCoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. But all right, uh, ready you get into the uh, the show here? I am. All you're right. surprised with
3: my opinion on this, actually.
2: I Thought it was a a good watch. I mean, we'll we'll get to it at the end. But you know, all in all, I mean, it, this. If if somebody was like, should I spend an hour and a half watching this? I'd say absolutely, no doubt.
3: I would say if you definitely had time. Oh not, yeah, not don't go out of your way to watch it. That's yeah, my it's not like.
2: It's not like must see, but it's got some really good stuff on here that we'll get to. But it is WWF this Tuesday in Texas. It was the first pay-per-view of its kind on a tuesday and well by the lack of success of it they don't do another one of these experiments until taboo tuesday which was in the uh 2000s so
3: 13 but this years later 14 14 years later
2: yeah yeah and this one took place Almost exactly
3: uh, 14 years
2: later. yeah it's nuts And this one took place December 3rd, 1991, from the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas. The attendance, 8,000, and the pay-per-view buy rate was a 1.0, amounting to 140,000 buys.
3: Uh, I consider that a win, considering it was six days after a big one and another pay-per-view on top of that. (laughs)
2: Right. Well, and they kept this one short because, I mean, it's a weekday. People had to work and uh, go to school and whatever, so they couldn't stay up late watching a pay-per-view, so... They had it earlier, they had it shorter. It's almost kind of what uh what you would expect from a an in your house in the future. But you know I feel
3: like this was like the start of in your house. Like what what they came up with in your house? I feel like this yeah. is where they came up with it from.
2: Most likely, yeah. Although at least they learned their lesson and put it on a Sunday night. But uh yeah, this there were a whole host of dark matches before the show. Uh, officially began, including the LOD successfully defending their tag team titles against the Rockers, and then immediately again against the Natural Disasters, which ended in the disqualification. The final dark match before the show started was Ric Flair defeating Roddy Piper.
3: So, yeah, because we, we don't want that on pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, <work>. with,
2: <laughs> Flair and Piper, whatever, we gotta get, well, we'll get into it.
3: <laughs> uh, I like it was a big feud at this time, by the way, and it never happened on pay-per-view.
2: Yeah, that's freaking just, stupid.
3: Now, granted, they didn't have a lot of paper views back then. I mean, yeah, there's that. But
2: still, but yeah, but still, it's like these are two huge stars that you didn't put together on a paper view or a big that's show all, at
3: all. That's all running train player in the WWE though. So apparently,
2: talk about missed boats, man. Like, what the hell? Uh, but anyway, uh, we start the show off with the closing interview from Survivor Series 91 where Mean Gene Overland is in a smoke-filled dark room backstage at the Joe Lewis Arena talking to The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. We then start the show off with uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, promoting what we're going to see tonight. And this this first match, man, kicking off with uh, Brett the Hitman Hart defending the WWF Intercontinental title against... Skinner. <laughs> this one went thirteen. It's
3: it's funny in four in five months. Four months. Four months. He'll have a match against Owen Hart. Made the rounds, man.
2: Who Skinner did?
3: Yeah, WrestleMania eight. So he oh, made the rounds.
2: Lord. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that. You, you mentioned a, that on the archives.
3: The, yeah, we mentioned on the last podcast that goes with this episode. Again, go listen to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. That is correct.
3: Now, I didn't oh, mention God. it word for word because I was saving it for this, but,
2: you know. <laughs> yep. And by God, this uh, this was something. But, uh, yeah, this one went 13 minutes, 46 seconds. Two girls freak the F out when Brett gives one of them his glasses. And here's something I didn't know, and you wouldn't know until you listen to, like, uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast. He said uh, Brett would always, like, Autograph it and put the date on it and whatever before he gave it to somebody. Yeah,
3: I was pulled over because I never even saw it.
2: Right? Like, uh, what? That's pretty awesome. But Bobby Heenan says, get that bimbo some oxygen. (laughs) Good lord. Things wouldn't fly today. Uh, Put on the list. Yep. Uh, Gorilla mentions that uh, Skinner is undefeated and earned this title shot. Right. Uh, but not for one freaking second did anyone believe he beat Brett. I mean, come on. I honestly can't believe that Steve Kern of the Fabulous Ones, by the way, doing this character.
3: The Fabulous Ones were like heartthrobs. You know? Yep. And I'm not judging Skinner's looks, but this is far from heartthrob. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's balding. He's got a big beard, mouthful of chew, you know, looking like he just crawled out of the swamp. Yeah.
3: Well, southern, southern wrestling boy.
2: According to Bruce Prichard, this was much more in line with how Steve Kern is in real life than the fabulous ones were.
3: Oh so, yeah. yeah, that's uh. Sure. I. I uh, God, I'm gonna get crap for this, but I have no problem believing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least uh, he was in a main spot. Because yeah. He was on a hot team. And he came with diabetes. At least he got a somewhat of a shot. I think this would literally be it, though.
2: Yeah, that that's about it. And then he goes back down to Florida and does some territorial the rest of stuff.
3: That he's about to have as a throwaway, so. Yep. Oh, for freaking
2: sure. Uh, when the ref gets distracted, Skinner clotheslines Brett with an alligator claw on a rope.
3: Right.
2: That was that's really, a real yeah. sentence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the end, however, Skinner gets thrown off the top rope by Bret Hart and taps out with a sharpshooter. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it two. It didn't suck, but it w- wasn't great. What say you?
3: I gave it two only because I thought it was so much better than I thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah, I went into it. I was like, "Oh God, asses and seats right here. And then I watched it. I'm like, hmm, not too bad. The only reason I didn't give it, you know, two and a half at least was because, like I said, who the hell thought that Skinner was going to beat him? Like, that kind of takes away from it.
3: When I was a kid, I might have, thought it, or believed it.
2: Yeah. I I will say this, at least they kept him undefeated, but, you know, whatever. We now go backstage with Sean Mooney in the locker room with Jake the Snake Roberts. Mooney reminds us that WWF President Jack Tunney has banned all reptiles from ringside tonight. What. The. F***. That's a real stipulation. And he says that he saw Macho Man earlier, and he's wired. Allegedly! Breaking news! <laughs> little, uh, it, it, we'll if Macho fruit, Man,
3: let's just move on.
2: <laughs> if Macho Man was ever low key, that's a big story. All right, let me know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jake talks about how Macho Man was out of it in his the last time he saw him, but he enjoyed seeing the fear in Miss Elizabeth's eyes for Ran, uh, for Randy Savage. Jake says that Randy is. Uh, his trigger to do evil and tonight there won't be a snake in a bag in the corner but he is a snake in the corner yeah, that's pretty good he he did some really good stuff in this era man bill jake scared the crap out of me yeah man he seemed like he was gonna rip your eyeballs out and laugh about it we now flip the mean gene Okerlund backstage with the macho man randy savage standing it by with miss elizabeth Macho Man basically goes over what Jake just said and says that Jake taught them not to trust anything about him, but trust him that he's going to crush him with a flying elbow drop. He says that while Jake gets a rush from putting venom inside of the Macho Man and seeing fear in Elizabeth's eyes, his rush will come from defeating Jake uh, and looking into Elizabeth's eyes after his victory. Jake's music then starts playing and Savage runs off with Elizabeth. We now get Jake the Snake Roberts taking on macho man randy savage in about six and a half minutes while jake is making his entrance randy runs out behind him and attacks him to, to jump start the match Jumpstart, start bro now this is how you start a match during a blood feud it's a lost art i feel like is that
3: why, why the a, hell would they win
2: well that was like a, that's a big uh criticism that a lot of people have had they're like uh Oh, who, who was it that was going after uh, Marina Shafir and like Roddy uh, Roderick Strong stuck up for. Her? Do you remember? I don't,
3: I don't remember that happening. It
2: was some. Oh, somebody said something about um he, he like insulted uh, Marina during their feud. I can't remember who it was now off the top of my head. but It was like a year or two ago. And uh, they were they were pointing out. They're like, you know, this is a big blood feud. The guy's been talking crap about his wife and all this other stuff. So what does Roderick do? He comes out doing his whole entrance and makes sure to pose for the boom in his song. And then they tie up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I can kind of see how stupid that is now. But they did have a good match. So, like I said, I can't remember who the hell it was now. But either way, uh, Miss Elizabeth does not come out with Randy Savage, which also makes sense for a blood feud. Maybe Brandy Rhodes should take some notes.
3: No, maybe, you... maybe Cody should take some notes. She's the star of the show. dude. Oh, yeah, I
2: forgot. Yeah, both. <laughs> so you, did you hear uh, Cornette's review of that? He was like, you know, Alistair Bla or uh, what's his, uh, Malachi Black's been kicking everybody's heads off and he's been so dangerous and a wild card and whatever. So so what does Cody do? He brings his wife to ringside with him, puts her in danger. <laughs> and then she rolls New in the mother, ring, by the way. Yeah, right. The mother of his children. And then she's going to roll in. Look him in the face and flip him off right in the center of the ring. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway,
3: in the end, him for misting her or kicking her in the head.
2: Yeah, I, 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 everybody should just stand back. It's like, uh, I I mean, misting her in the face at least isn't hitting her. So I don't know. But in the end, Jake goes for a DDT, but gets shouldered into the corner, collapses and Macho Man hits the flying elbow drop for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three stars. I I will say this, not to spoil anything coming up, but Dave said he gave it like an extra, he said the match itself was two stars, but he gave it an extra star for the post-match. I I judge just on the match itself. I gave it two and a half. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Let's say you.
3: I gave it two. I think the Saturday Night Meeting match is way, way better. I'll
2: have to watch that. I haven't seen that one. I don't, At least I don't think I have. But, yeah, this was, like I said, could have been better, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Oh, no, definitely not. But after the match, this is what I'm talking about here, the post-match stuff. Macho Man gives a thumbs down. The crowd cheers, and Savage goes to grab a chair. But Tony Gurria takes the chair away from him. Savage then knocks Gurria down and takes the ring bell as the crowd goes nuts. The referee takes the ring bell away from Savage, and Jake hits a DDT on him. Jake then picks Macho Man up and hits a second DDT. From under the ring, Jake Roberts now pulls out a black leather bag with a drawstring. Miss Elizabeth now runs out to cover Macho Man and cries and begs Jake to get away and leave Savage alone. Jake ignores her pleas and the referee's orders, picks Savage up, and DDTs him again. Jake finally puts on the long black leather glove, so you know he needs business. He unties the bag and tells Miss Elizabeth to start begging. He finally grabs Elizabeth by the hair, walking her around the ring, and then he slaps her before he pushing. Uh, before pushing the referee, Gorilla Monsoon says he should be suspended for life. So,
3: I, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's like so, like banned for life, from like Pete Rose from Hall of Fame or what?
2: Yeah, I'm like so. Uh, we we need to keep him under contracts, but just not pay him.
3: Like, <laughs> we don't want okay. anyone else to use him on TV, but he ain't being used here.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, well, if they would see what he would go on to do in WCW, I'm sure they'd be fine with letting
3: him go. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're ready to get the like, full glove, man, it's coming up quickly. Oh hell
2: yeah, man! <laughs> <laughs> That's stuff right there. <laughs> oh good lord. Anyway. Uh, Jack Tunney and two referees finally convinced Jake Roberts to leave. Look, you and I both have talked about, you know, we don't care the situation. We don't do the man woman violence, whether it's staged or not. Um, But and and this was a different time. So it was different. But I don't know, man, this was a good ass segment, dude.
3: It was it was insane to see. I get shocked the hell out of me when I was a kid. So did you watch this live? I did. Yeah.
2: Uh, but, I mean, what was your reaction to seeing that as a kid? Just like, holy cow, I holy crap!
3: I remember that. I think I was just fixated on on Jake possibly pulling out the snake.
2: Yeah, so, uh, and we and hey, for the record, we never did get to see what was in that black bag. So,
3: therefore, he might
2: not have violated any rules. Exactly. But back also, age,
3: also, you can look at that bag and tell there's nothing in it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, what was that? Uh, oh, it was no, it was a sock full of quarters, man, were silver dollars. Yeah, that no.
3: silver dollar on a pole match. Yeah, that's a real jo- thing in the archives. Johnson
2: Johnson City silver dollar match. I still remember the name of that damn thing. <laughs> what show was that? It was at. Uh, it was Bash,
3: Bash the Beast Beach. '96, which is
2: probably yeah. what
3: that is most remembered for is that match, right?
2: Oh well, yeah. I mean, nothing else happened at that show. Now the archives, by the way. <laughs> Oh, that's how you plug the show, man. Johnson City silver dollar match.
0: Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the capital district also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York Sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network and association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people expert fantasy advice free contest leading expert medical and legal analysis and most importantly you interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com you can hear us on spotify apple and google podcasts iHeartRadio, and many more check out the
2: fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around tss fantasy the fantasy show of the people Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash Main Event Marks. <laughs> Backstage, Mean Gene Nocolin is standing by with Jake Roberts and tells him that he's disgusting for hitting a woman. Jake says that he doesn't want a woman who will grovel and beg. He wants a woman who will stand up for what they want. He says that DD Team Randy Savage felt great, but what felt even better Was yanking Miss Elizabeth up by her hair and slapping her, and he said that it felt so good he should have to pay for that. And Jake then starts, (laughs) Jake starts getting, I know, Jake starts getting kind of pervy and and the mean jeans like (laughs) get on out of here. Jake
3: with the lady in the front row. Oh wait, wrong show.
2: Well, what's weird here, you know, it's like a role reversal Is Jake starts getting pervy and Mean Gene tells him to get away. Usually Mean Gene's the one that gets super pervy at the end yeah, of it from it's
3: us. It's true. <laughs> uh,
2: anyway, up next, man, you want to talk about asses and seats. Here we go. It's The Warlord with Harvey Whippleman versus the British Bulldog. Uh,
3: do you remember at the top of the show, when I said there's another match on here? <laughs> Overlooking, you called it a two-match. Yeah, you called it a two-match show, I think you did. Yeah. Yeah, well, here you go. Yeah, right. Unless this is one of the matches you were talking about, and I was
2: hugely mistaken. My last match was nothing. This one, man, here's where the money's at.
3: (laughs) This, I uh, I believe this is a rematch of WrestleMania 7, by the way.
2: Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) This one, for anybody, I mean, (laughs) these two guys are massive. And this is right in the heat of the steroid trial, which, by the way, is uh, is uh, the season finale of Dark Side of the Ring. That was a crazy ass episode, but
3: yeah, a crazy season.
2: Uh, yeah, it definitely was. There were a couple episodes. That I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. But for the most part, the season, just like especially the the last two episodes of the season, just like what the hell? Uh, there's a good plug.
3: This one went 12 don't We do that, that enough on this show.
2: I know, right? We kind of just
3: give you know them maybe brief- we, can, we should get some money from them, dude. I know.
2: Give us royalties. But uh this one went 12 minutes 45 seconds because, you know, that's what we want from these guys. More time. <sighs> I End said that, the sarcasm. <laughs> this was a kind of match that gets Vince McMahon stiffer than a javelin. Oh. I just, big american and big Brit fastly look at all that man meat in the ring oh. anyway moving on <laughs> uh i felt like i was watching this match at half speed bulldog almost passes out to a full nelson that goes on for 20 minutes but he gets out of it oh thank god you know because we need more in the Literally, end i was on my knees thanking the good lord in the end, British Bulldog gets a crucifix pin on the Warlord for the win. God, uh, Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. I gave it one and a half. Let's say you.
3: Both gave it too much. I gave it one.
2: <laughs> yeah. This, look, Bulldog gave it some effort, but Warlord sucked. And just both these guys.
3: Hey, that's a, the that's a TSA wrestler you're talking about right there.
2: Oh, well. I don't so, even know what to that's, say about that.
3: It's not even, that's not even made up. Bro. Go read his book. It's in there.
2: So he was watching crap like this. and was like, man, I want to be just like that guy. Good I Lord. he's better? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Borderlands sucked. I mean, Dave wasn't well, like, you, you know, a player.
3: Then, then, this is brilliant when you think about it. He set the bar so low for himself so he can overachieve. At yeah, that right. point, you got to give him more respect.
2: And, uh... I, I think he was bigger than the Warlord as far as, I, I mean, maybe not height-wise, but he was freaking, still is, jacked to the gills. No, yeah, no,
3: I'm like, what so. do you mean, was?
2: Yeah, right. But backstage, we get Sean Mooney standing by with Macho Man Randy Savage, who's spitting mad. <laughs> My favorite part of this, by the way, is, like, Macho Man's, like, going nuts and, like, all upset and rolling on the ground and everything. And Sean Mooney's like, I'm just as upset as you are. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah, i like, yeah, I can see it in your face, Sean. Whatever. But as Macho says, he blames himself for letting Jake get his hands on Elizabeth. And then he says he's going to get Jake. There won't be any stopping him. Uh, He he seems internally tortured and keeps going on about, I blame myself. And uh, about Jake slapping Elizabeth. And he said, you think you made her beg? You ain't seen nothing yet. And then he slaps himself in the face and storms off. I think, yeah, my, <laughs> I think this was some of
3: Because uh, that made sense.
2: I think this was some of Macho's best work. Like, I mean, he's had some great promos and some off-the-wall frickin' ones, but, like, we got to see some emotion from him here, man, not just, like, being nuts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he actually, like... And, you know, they pointed out, they're like, if you think about it, other than him, you know... Weirdly asking Elizabeth, Will you marry me? You know, it's like other than that, we haven't ever really seen him I don't know, show a whole lot of emotion about Elizabeth, other than I mean, maybe the end of WrestleMania seven. But or his the end of his match, I should say.
3: Yeah, because, you know, he'll watch a man use her as a slave, essentially.
2: Yeah, right. It's like, get in my corner. But uh yeah, so this was this was a change. It was kinda cool. But Uh, you said they had a rematch after this on Saturday Night's Main Event?
3: I believe that was the rematch, yeah, when Undertaker turns face, when he's about to hit them when they're coming through the curtain. Huh.
2: I'll have to...
3: I believe that was the match that was better than this. There was a match, better. I'm pretty sure that was it. Hmm. Well... You've never seen that one where the Undertaker stops him from hitting him with a chair and when Undertaker turns face?
2: I don't think so. I'll have have to go check that out. Yeah, because, uh...
3: Yeah, yeah. that was, like, the night that you know, The Undertaker turned into
2: what he, he became. Ah, nice. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, if you think about it, just, uh, I don't know, a ham- handful of months after this, Macho Man would be winning the WWF title at WrestleMania from Ric Flair. So that's pretty cool. We're right here. Uh, up next, we get Teddy DiBiase versus, or excuse me, Teddy DiBiase and The Repo Man with sensational yeah. sharing in their corner. They're taking Can we just on... take a
3: second to, to acknowledge how awesome that team is?
2: <laughs> oh yeah the money guy and the repo guy <laughs>
3: the, only, the only guy that's missing is irs dude
2: yeah right or you know apparently as i have a weird tick of calling him the irs <laughs> you know i i yeah. listen back to the podcast and i do that and i don't even notice it i'm not doing it on purpose i just do it
3: <laughs> well you're you're making sure you decipher between him and the fake irs he's the irs not yeah right IRS.
2: yeah that's the fun. the one the government agency, that's not the real one, all right? They're just – they got their name from Erwin R. Shyster, not the other way around. Can I stop now?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't know why you're giggling, but okay. Whatever we should.
2: Anyway, D.B.O.P. and Repo Man <laughs> are taking on the team of Virgil and El Matador. <laughs>
1: God damn, sir! Here is a check with my name on it. Write down any number on this piece of paper, and I will pay it.
2: This one, it's like they—they <laughs> they weren't going to sell this joint out with, uh, you know, the main event, but they put this one on the marquee. Next thing you know,
3: they—they
1: well, they just yeah, sold um, the joint out
3: in about what eight months or so. Virgil and Nails are about to sell out Wembley Stadium. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. Ugh.
2: You like that story, by the way, about nails, where where he was going, where he was testifying against Vince McMahon, and they're like, "You hold any animosity towards Vince?" And he's like, "No, I don't hold any animosity towards him." And then somebody's like, "He doesn't know what that word means." (laughs) And they're like, "Okay, do you hate Vince McMahon?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I hate Vince McMahon." They're like, "Okay," (laughs) so he's an idiot.
3: Yeah, he practically gave him the win.
2: Yeah. Right. But anyway, this goes eleven and a half 11 and minutes. Apparently, this match is happening because DiBiase hired the Repo Man to get his million-dollar belt back from Virgil. Virgil fought back, and Repo Man knocked him out with the million-dollar title.
3: Yeah, that was a shame.
2: Yeah, that uh, yeah, that just uh, killed him deader than Kelsey's nuts.
3: Well, he and was yeah. really hot there for a minute. I'm not yeah, even sure if I that, by the way. He, really I,
2: I know. he was over as hell, dude.
3: Oh yeah, he definitely. Go was. back and listen. We did SummerSlam '91, I believe, right? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I don't remember. I think. Yeah, well, so. I think we did. Yeah, It's uh go back and listen, Like, go ahead and watch that one. People like a massive square garden blows their load when he wins the million dollar title. So, don't like, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> well, don't tell me he wasn't over. By the way,
2: that is correct. Uh, now in the archives, yeah. uh, SummerSlam '1991. So, but yeah, this one man uh, getting in the match itself. It's hard to think that at this time, Virgil was actually fairly over, like you just mentioned. Uh, And uh, looking at Repo, man, it's hard to imagine that he used to be Demolition Smash.
3: And that was like earlier this year, mind you.
2: (laughs) Did you know as a kid, like look at you, you're like Smash.
3: I had zero clue. Okay. And also this is going to sound real stupid. I did not know Crush Kona Crush was the crush from Demolition. I just thought it was the same name.
2: Wow, so, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, you weren't old enough probably because uh, I know little little Conrad Thompson there was talking. He was like, well, I was a kid watching this. I'm like, freaking out. It's like, that's smash. He just took the makeup off and put on a damn hamburger mask.
3: <laughs> I, I had no clue. And I'll tell you on better. I didn't even know that he was a uh, hole-in-one Barry Darso because he had like that, I don't oh, know, he wore yeah. that hat, wore that stupid... And he shaved his up, head. Obviously, yeah, so, yeah, you know. He has one of those faces, like at least to me as a kid, that you just change it up with like one little tiny thing. Whether it be a mask, paint, shave your head. Yeah. God, time. I guess good for him. I, I don't know. know. Yeah, but... good for him. It kept him employed, didn't it? Jesus.
2: Yeah. Well <laughs> Think about... about
3: it, dude. Like time to like nineteen ninety six or seven. He was never unemployed.
2: Yeah, good for yeah. Uh Yeah, cause, and before Smash, he was the evil Russian in the NWA. He was Crusher Khrushchev. So, or excuse me, he was the Russian sympathizer, Crusher Khrushchev. Well, about El Matador, Bobby Heenan calls him Mr. Guacamole, calls his flying forearm the Flying Jalapeno, and at one sure point the
3: guy alluded to him on past show episode.
2: Yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he says that at one point he says that Matador <laughs> quote slipped on a uh, slipped on a tortilla.
3: What. The. fuck?
2: More things that wouldn't fly in today's age.
3: I'm glad I I didn't get all those uh, jokes. (laughs) Nor did I remember them, because I might have used them in school and got in trouble. i had have been doing that. Well, and you would have been 50% offended. That's true. I wouldn't have (laughs) gotten that much trouble.
2: Yeah, right? My dad would have laughed. Hey, you're only half in trouble, (laughs) all Right. Uh, Sherry accidentally clocks DiBiase with her high heel. Virgil then grabs Cherry by the hair, and Repo Man hits a running knee to Virgil's lower back, which apparently just incapacitated him because DiBiase rolls him up and pins him for the win. Oh, what the hell? Uh, I got fairly bored with this one, and uh, but, but it didn't suck, I guess. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you?
3: I gave it two. It's just, how did he get three? Three was and it, a half stars. Was this a one-star match, but it took place in Tokyo now, and we didn't realize it, so I got a couple of stars. Did we miss something?
2: Yeah, I'm like, is one uh, of these guys, like, part Japanese, and I don't know it? Like, what's going on here, man? <laughs> I, uh, <sighs> I, I saw yeah. that rating, and I Where's was like, half what? Guy, clearly. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you, just, you can just tell by looking at him. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, I don't, I don't even know what to do with that one. <laughs> we go backstage now with me, Gene Okerlund, standing by with Hulk Hogan. Hulk says that at SummerSlam, he could feel the Undertaker, or excuse me, Survivor Series. He could feel the Undertaker slowly squeeze the life out of Hulkamania, but Undertaker didn't kill him or Hulkamania. And the real winners were the Hulkamaniacs that still believed in him. He then drops his usual, What's you going to do, brother? And
3: uh, Keep yeah. in mind, this is after he uh, got, like, a neck compression, right? From that tombstone? Six days so, ago?
2: allegedly oh, oh yeah you hurt me bad brother i guess he did so spend bad. the night in the hospital
3: Well, we hurt him so bad he couldn't wrestle the next night he had to take six days off oh so yeah right maybe there's something hey, there we we're we we're overlooking
2: it was like oh, i really gotta take time off brother you you really hurt my neck i'll be ready in six days though so. <laughs> <laughs> whatever this isn't football yeah. dude yeah right
0: Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah got the that. mother, Same mother and father.
1: You spell it with a K. So you mate. Take it easy.
3: The main event
2: marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. <laughs> Here is the main event. It's the Undertaker with Paul Bearer in his corner defending the WWF World Heavyweight title against... Hulk Hogan went about 13 minutes long. The champion entered first, which seemed to be a common theme with Hulk Hogan. Uh, the Undertaker also carries a title in his hand to the ring, and he did not wear it.
3: I liked how he carried it, by the way. He carried like with the strap, like not like you know, hand on the side of the strap, like over the strap, like was squeezing it together. Did you catch that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was
2: definitely original, and I, like nobody around that time did that. They all wore the belt. But he did not. So I mean, it was cool. It was different. When Hogan slides into the ring, uh, Undertaker and Paul Bearer both jump him, stomping away at him. Hogan then does the noggin knocker to both of them, and then he and then uh, Paul Bearer takes a powder.
3: WWF president highly regarded, Cap- by the way, as one of the worst babyface moves in wrestling history. <laughs> the noggin knocker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He did that all the time, by the way. You notice that?
3: I do. Yeah, I did. I think someone said, like the, the the arguments always been between that and the slingshot. What's the dumbest move?
2: But I, I will say this: the slingshot. Uh, I've had it legitimately done to me. Like, if, I mean, you can actually fling a guy that way. So I guess it works. I, I don't know, but either way, when uh, uh, WWF Jack or President Jack Tunney is at ringside for this one to assure law and order. Right. Right down the middle, daddy. Daddy. Uh, Most of the Undertaker's offense uh, in this one is consisting of choking the Hulkster. So, there's that. We got a rare Undertaker five
3: or six different chokes, by the way. You notice that?
2: Yeah. He just keeps choke, choke. I'm like, dude, do you have any other moves?
3: Standing from behind on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, him and chokes like my Roderick Strong and backbreakers.
2: You <laughs> right. The Messiah of the choke. <laughs> but we get a rare Undertaker botch during Hulk Hogan's first comeback because Undertaker like is running the ropes and he trips and falls. I don't know if you caught that.
3: I probably did, but I didn't yeah. write it down. I,
2: it didn't catch on camera because like the camera's more focused on Hulk, but you kind of see out of the corner of the screen he he hits the ropes. And his, like, his foot catches or something. He, like, falls forward. Uh, But anyway, uh, Ric Flair ends up coming to ringside yet again, just like at Survivor Series. But Jack Tunney cuts him off to yell at him. Hogan grabs a chair and plasters Flair's back, causing Flair to fall on top of Jack Tunney and take his ass out. Behind the rough's back, Flair tries to hold a chair up for Undertaker on the apron, but it backfires. Undertaker tries to push Hogan into Paul Bearer's urn, but Hogan ducks and Taker gets the urn to the face.
0: In the face, in the
2: face, no! and then Hogan in the then, face. <laughs> Hogan then dumps out the ashes of the urn, throws them in Taker's face, just like a good old baby face would do.
1: And then I he pins Tom
2: him. <laughs> and then he pins him with a schoolboy for the title win, which. I never thought it would be a sentence I would speak, but here we are. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half, and he claimed that this sucked. I mean, it wasn't great. I gave it two and a half for average. Let's say you.
3: I gave it two, but like barely. Yeah. I, this, uh, I did not like this. It, I mean, Star Series was decent. Yeah. This, this felt this, very unnecessary. <laughs> this era
2: of Taker versus this era of Hogan did not mesh well. Not that Hogan was blowing the doors off, you know, getting 10 stars in the Tokyo Dome with other people, but he could at least make it more entertaining.
3: I just got he kind of the bored. the one guy who would get all those stars in the Tokyo Dome. but
2: Yeah. Well, well he
3: know. was winding down this time.
2: Yeah. Well, you got to get that belt back, brother. Oh yeah. I, I don't know about that kid. You know, he's a, uh, he hurt my neck, brother. Got to get that belt back on me.
3: <laughs> but well, hey, he wouldn't though. Yeah. I believe he wouldn't hold it again because the aftermath of this, but and we'll probably talk about it, but he wouldn't hold it again until WrestleMania 9.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, because he loses it. Uh, wait, no, he gets stripped, doesn't he? Well, we'll oh, talk about it. Te- technically, yeah. Yeah. Well, after the match, Hulk Hogan clotheslines Undertaker out of the ring. Taker then goes to climb back in, but Paul Bear grabs him by the hair and pulls him back while he holds the urn in his face to kind of control him. Jack Tunney had woke up earlier just in time to see Hogan throw the ashes in Undertaker's face and is talking to the referee about it as the Hulkster poses, brother, for the... uh, Well, because, you know, there were two rules in wrestling for two different eras. There was Austin must stun in the late 90s, and in the early 90s, late 80s, it was Hogan must pose, pal. (laughs) Uh, But he poses for the San Antonio crowd as we close the show.
0: Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
1: What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey it's about nostalgia it's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan the podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world whether it's wwf wwe wcw ecw we even cover the golden eras of ring of honor progress tna and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day, Uh huh? Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard.
0: Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks.
2: <laughs> We'll get into the aftermath here in just a second, but final ratings here. Internet Movie Database gave it 6.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 5.28 out of 10. I gave it 6.5 out of 10 for a uh barely passing D, let's say you
3: uh i went back and forth on this i give it a d plus mm, it was watchable
2: like i said it was fun if parts uh, i don't know I, I i did not like undertaker losing the belt six days after getting it That seems uh, it's a championship stupid. But... oh well excuse the f out of me <laughs> me right uh no at this time you could still call it a belt damn it <laughs> and they did frequently
3: Side note, I think AEW is like hammering homeboard belt just as a funny gag now, which I think That's is funny. Fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. This This one was – it was a show. I don't know. It It happened. Yeah. So remind me again. What was the aftermath of this with the, with the
3: uh, title? So Tony ended up holding up the title, saying no one's the champion because of the way it ended with the uh, Ashes. Yeah. And it took a it took a little while, but they finally said, Oh, the winner of the World Rumble will get it. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I thought it was easily gonna be Hulk Hogan.
2: And it was Ric Flair, the real world champion. Woo! No
3: one saw that I mean to me, no one saw that coming, but nah, again, I'm just sure me. A lot
2: of people but... didn't. Well, with his booking up until this point, no, nobody would have guessed that. <laughs> as as we discussed on uh the uh, Survivor Series 91 episode, his booking was uh, not the best. I mean, it didn't suck, but I mean, he did did open Survivor Series 91 in a match that wasn't great. We discussed it's like, well, he was one of the only stars in that entire match, and he did. He he was the sole survivor, and he won. But the match sucked, and like I said, he opened a pay-per-view in a throwaway match. So...
3: He opened a throwaway pay-per-view in a throwaway patch. How
2: dare you say that Survivor Series was a throwaway pay-per-view? That was one of the big four.
3: (laughs) I know. That was one of the ones I just didn't feel.
2: Yeah. Survivor series. I didn't hate it either. I was
3: just really indifferent on it.
2: Survivor Series, I've always liked it, but I mean, if you're gonna have to rank the the quote unquote big four, that's the bottom of the you know, the tier, obviously. I mean they, it's been a
3: hell of a lot more interesting over the past couple of years because of what they do now, I'll say that. Oh, yeah. And the one you
2: and I went to in 2019 was awesome. I loved it. Uh, yeah, that was would, a great one. In my opinion, one of the best Survivor Series ever. I might be a little biased, <laughs> but, you know,
3: whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm right there with you. I thought so, too. You know, so. And to this, uh, until uh, until this current one comes up, still the last one with fans, so there you
2: go. <laughs> yeah, right. So... <laughs> It was, uh, it was awesome, I, you know, and uh, you and I got to see a show live in Chicago. Real quick, before we officially sign off from this bonus episode, I do want to remind everybody to, uh, you know, follow us on all forms of social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks. And Greg is on Instagram at main event collector. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash main event marks podcast. Now leave some feedback. You know, we like the comments. I, I try to reply to pretty much every single comment unless it's you know just something off the wall or just really offensive well, we or something like that too much
3: this one because there's no one Eric talking this one so we should be fine oh well i don't know recently i
2: had somebody tell me you know i i posted a clip of us talking about how uh you know when bill watts went on his racist and homophobic rant and somebody actually was like well it's pretty sad you, you know a guy gets fired for expressing his opinions i'm like he, he said he should have the right not to serve black people, and he
3: didn't call them uh-huh. black people. I think that tells us a lot more about that specific person. But.
2: Yeah, it's just like he used a lot of, uh, you know, buzzwords that you're not supposed to use in, uh, you know,
1: decent life
2: speak. Yeah, right. You just don't use those words. And uh, yeah, it was pretty effed up. He's like, well, just a difference of opinion. I'm like, sure, <laughs> weirdo. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, This was a former YouTube exclusive, but uh, I decided to put it up uh, on the RSS feed for the first time ever to give you more uh, content, more content for November. I hope you all enjoyed it and uh, definitely check us out on YouTube. It's youtube.com forward slash at main event marks. And uh, we've, we provide you with a lot of great content on there. Uh, with uh, wrestling, you know, uh, the the podcast that we provide and clips. Uh, marks on media where we cover marks on games, marks on movies, marks on TV and marks on anime. Uh, we got fig hunting videos, sometimes from me, a lot of the times from Greg and some unboxing videos from him as well. Uh, Jacob Grandi with uh, his curtain jerkin does a great job, I got to tell you. Uh, it's it's all current stuff, and he breaks down uh, opening matches, curtain jerking matches from uh, federations across the world. So get your current wrestling fix with him at youtube.com forward slash at main event marks and become one of the over 1,000 subscribers we already have. Thank you if you already are subscribed and subscribe to this here podcast. Uh, this Friday, we're going to bring you a bonus. It is a best of for Black Friday with some new content uh, mixed in there as well. But we're going to be running down the uh, famous trilogy from 1989 in the NWA between Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat over the big gold belt. You don't want to miss that one. But thank you all for tuning in here. If you want to hear some news from around this time in the archives, go check out our Survivor Series 1991 episode. You're bound to love that one as well. And we will see you all this Friday with Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair's famous 1989 trilogy.